This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. Hi, friends. This is Annie Grace, and today I have a question from Jess. Jess writes, and she says, Hi, Annie. I have a question I think you have some experience with. I'm meeting my colleagues next week for a two-day sales meeting, and guess who's the only female? For the past two years, I've hung right in there with my male counterparts drinking, and I'm not worried that I'm going to want to join or feel tempted, but my question is, what do I tell the people I work with? Uh, Should I say I'm like taking medication and can't drink? I have concerns because then what happens when I see them in a few months and I'm still not drinking? Or what happens when somebody buys me a drink? And that will definitely happen. It generally does. But I don't want to tell the truth because I don't want anybody at my job to know that I had any sort of problem with alcohol. So much like you, there wasn't a defining moment of hitting rock bottom. I simply realized that all aspects of my life ended up suffering because of alcohol. My work was affected. My health and weight weren't in good shape. And I wasn't being the best mom I could be. So um, I really want to do better. And the sales meeting is next week, so I hope to hear from you soon. Um, so, Melissa, I think, just that the thing about this is <laughs> this is tough because, you, you know, you're work all the time with people who the truth of it is you're not going to really see or maintain relationships with once you leave the job. And I think this is always so surprising for us because these people, we see them and interact with them probably more than anybody else on a day-to-day basis. But then once we leave that job, they're not really in our lives. So we end up putting so much importance on what colleagues think of us when really in terms of what we're doing to be true to ourselves isn't necessarily, shouldn't be you know, dictates in terms of colleagues. And I know you said you weren't going to be tempted, which is great. But I guess my first piece of advice would be do whatever it takes to feel comfortable. I remember early days, I was in a similar situation and I just didn't feel comfortable yet. So I ordered a gin and tonic and then I excused myself to go to the restroom, went and found the waitress and had her hold the gin and then just kept ordering refills of that over over the next four or five hours that we were at the bar. And so it just made me feel comfortable. It, you know, it's my own business at the end of the day. And I didn't want to make a big deal out of it. I wasn't ready to kind of come out with it. And that's, that's what I did. So I'd say do whatever it takes to make yourself feel comfortable. Um, you know, saying that you're on a cleanse or a health kick or, you know, the whole 30 or whatever it is, I think those are also good ideas. And then when you see someone again, it will be a lot easier to say, yeah, it just felt so good doing that cleanse. I felt so good the 30 days that I wasn't drinking that I just kept going with it. Um, I say once you do decide to come out, like you never have to talk about having a problem. And I, I think that's really important. I think a lot of times people who we drink with, they, they know what to do with us if we can say, yeah, I really had a problem and, and I was drinking too much. And then people can kind of feel pity for you and say, oh, I'm sorry, and, you know, and, you know, they don't feel bad about their own drinking, but then it kind of victimizes you in a way because actually you're doing this for all the right reasons and you're the one without any problem whatsoever now that you're not drinking. So you're in a really, really good spot. And so I don't think that, you know, I fell into that a little bit, being like, yeah, you know, it was, I drank enough for the rest of my life or just kind of self-deprecating jokes. And um, while they can make other people feel more comfortable, 
it actually makes you feel less comfortable. And interestingly, it actually influences change less than, than the truth. So ultimately, when I was finally ready to come out, and as you say, I attended a gazillion of these sort of sales meetings with all sorts of different people. And um, when I finally was like, yeah, I'm actually writing a book about this and I'm not drinking anymore because quite frankly, I feel I'm a lot happier and better off and healthier and all these reasons. It was incredible because there were so many people who wrote me privately or took me aside and said, oh my gosh, wow, I'm going to try that. Or God, I really do feel like alcohol's taking a toll. I come home from these sales meetings and I'm a wreck for a week and my wife's wondering what the heck's wrong with me because I've you know just been hung over and I can't get my energy back for my kids. And you know, we're all kind of doing it to keep up with each other. And that was so eye-opening for me. I remember having colleagues and coworkers writing me and saying, it is so empowering to just think that I don't have to do it, that we don't have to be kind of playing this game. Because if you're sitting there having regrets about how much you're drinking or feeling bad the next morning, so are other people. We just all put on this big bravado and keep doing it for who knows why. And all it takes sometimes is one person to just say, yeah, it's not worth it. And, you know, not saying that you have a problem or anything, just saying it's not worth it to me anymore. And then all of a sudden kind of the house of cards falls and all these other people are like, wow, yeah, me neither. Like, <laughs> let's order some iced tea and, and still have a really good time. So I think that once you are ready, you will be pleasantly surprised by how empowering it can be um, and how you don't ever have to have to go there and say you had any sort of problem necessarily. Um, and like I said, I'd argue that you don't, you didn't, and you are, you are in a place where you don't have any problem and uh, being stuck where you're drinking when you don't want to be drinking, that's the problem, right? Um, and so I guess no matter what, I'd say the most important thing is to definitely go into it with a plan. I do remember, again, early days for me, I went to a, on a business trip to Brazil and there were a few colleagues down there who were so excited to show me some Brazilian liquor. <laughs> and it was just like the big event, like we went to this specific bar. And of course I didn't write on my itinerary, I'm coming and I no longer drink. Um, so it was just assumed that I would be. And when we got there and I didn't wanna have any of this Brazilian liquor, I remember one person in particular getting really offended and really kind of upset. And you know, it was very awkward and uncomfortable and somebody else had to actually tell him to back off. and. And, you know, it was a lot because I didn't sort of have a plan and I didn't have a, you know, I was caught like a deer in headlights. I just assumed nobody was going to think it was a big deal. And people do think it's a bigger deal sometimes than you want to admit. So having a few, you know, just things that quickly diffuse it, like I'm on a health kick. Um, somebody just said it's just an experiment. I think that's a great one. Um, I think those things can really be useful, just having a plan and making sure that you are going to, you know, rehearse it a few times in your head, just make sure that you're going to be, you know, I know you're not going to give in, but just avoiding the sticky situations that can come up and make you feel uncomfortable. And I guess just realize again that at the end of the day, these people, as close as they can seem when you're in the midst of a multi-day sales meeting, spending all sorts of hours with them, take it from me who's left many jobs, you know, the people you actually keep in touch with from a job are far and few between. And they're the important ones. They're the ones that you actually want in your life. And um, they're the ones who aren't going to care anyway. So 
do whatever it takes to be really true to yourself in, in this and, and not to compromise because, you know, jobs are so transient and we're all putting on our job face when we're around with, with these people, our sales meeting face. And, you know, it can be quite inauthentic in my experience, but equally it can be fun. Just be prepared for sure. And if you have to, worst case, you know, you just, just beg off. It, I'm not feeling good. I'm going to go watch some, lay down in my room, watch some TV, claim a headache, do whatever it takes to take care of yourself first and foremost, make yourself feel most comfortable and help yourself get through it. So anyway, it's a really good question. It can be one of the trickiest things because you don't want people to judge you. Um, but also you don't want to sort of admit to something that, that you don't have and, and you need to be really powerful and empowered in this because it will come out to be really a great experience when you get through it and you look back on it and you say, wow, that was, that was cool. That was better than I thought it would be. So thanks so much, Jess. It's a really good question. Are you ready for a deep dive and truly lasting change? If so, you might consider my intensive program. It's a nine-week self-led program that you can do in the complete comfort of your own home, and it will truly transform your relationship with alcohol. If you want to learn more about this, go to thisnakedmind.com forward slash intensive. And as always, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast as it truly helps the message reach somebody who might need to hear it today.